0: lord for utterance in the holy ghost tonight we thank you father that each person here will receive what they're supposed to have in the name of jesus that we have eyes to see and ears to hear and, the name, and Lord, we just bind up every distraction that would distract us outwardly, but even the distractions from within our own mind that would distract us and try to pull us away, to keep us from receiving that which you've prepared for us and that which we need so desperately. And we give you the praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would, turn to Malachi chapter 4. Hallelujah. We'll start with this scripture tonight see how far we can go tonight we're going to be talking about the title of this is spiritual family and spiritual family or family but i'm going i'm going to lean towards the spiritual side but i'm also going to address some things on the natural side of family but is the first revival culture that we become a family at river church and i'm sad to say that because of ignorance (laughs) Not because of disobedience, but just because of having no understanding—I mean, a limited understanding. Let me say that, uh, Pastor and I have not always known how to perpetuate and 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 to really cause the church to be. Uh, it kind of just had to happen on its own. We didn't know really how to facilitate and make the church a family. Didn't really see, didn't know the importance of it. Although we always knew we are a part of the family hallelujah and uh and that but not we didn't actually have father's heart on it so we'll talk about that uh, in malachi chapter four it says uh, let me see if i can find this in verse five It says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. And so I believe this is talking about two things. I believe it's talking about natural families, and I believe it's talking about spiritual family. That God's going to turn our hearts towards spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers, but he's also uh and that i believe that is uh, that is a the the highway to growth in the body of christ is to have a spiritual father and a spiritual mother just like the highway to good and healthy growth in the natural family is to have a natural a good natural biological father and a good natural mother and and it wouldn't even have to be biological i'm not saying a stepfather that was a good and godly man wouldn't be just as used by God so I'm not even saying that so if I say biological father tonight bear with me just because I'm trying to differentiate between spiritual fathers and maybe I could just say natural fathers and then and y'all would get the difference y'all would know I'm okay so spiritual fathers and because we're going to talk about both, and so uh I'm going to kind of start at the end of where we're going with this teaching And then I'm going to go back to the beginning and lay the groundwork. (laughs) Okay? I know that's kind of odd, but I feel like that's how the Lord's leading me. The great majority of all people, saved or unsaved, sinners and saints, have either partially or in a major way an orphan spirit. An orphan spirit. And we've not really heard that referred to a lot in the past, but let me teach on it for a minute. Let's talk about the natural family, that why we could have an orphan spirit in the natural family, which would really affect how we relate to the spiritual family. One thing that causes children, and we're all children of somebody, (laughs) may have been a long time ago, but you're the child of somebody. And uh, uh, divorce is one thing that could cause a child to have an orphan spirit another thing is a family could be there could be no divorce but the family could be dysfunctional for whatever reason because one of the parents or both of the parents are broken and hurt or wounded in some way they are spiritually or emotionally not functioning Somebody said, I'm putting the fun back in dysfunctional, but I want to tell you something. There is never any fun in dysfunctional. In fact, dis means not, no, no fun. No fun. No fun. Another way we could have an open orphan spirit is by having an absentee father or mother. So you might know your father or mother, but them not be there. And that could be because of divorce where uh your father lives in Minnesota, your mother you live with your mother in Alabama, you know. That could be through death. You know, you could have an absentee father or mother because of death. You could have um no father. Nobody has no father but not know your father, let me say that. So never have known your father. And that could cause you to have a uh a, a, a orphan spirit or you may have had a father and i think a lot of people have had these kind of fathers who are just emotionally absent. They're there in the house but they are emotionally absent. They're not emotionally connected to the children or maybe to one child. We could talk about that. Sometimes there is a child could have an orphan spirit because the dad or the mother and we'll, let's, let's use dads but we're not trying to pick on dads but to keep from having to say dad and mother every time let's just talk about dads because they work all the time and the reason people work all the time sometimes is because of poverty sometimes it's because of their own brokenness they're just trying to keep busy so they don't think just go as hard and fast as you can all day every day and that way you don't have to think A lot of people do that. Even if they come home from work, they never sit down. They never stop. They don't sit and down and engage with their family. They just work, 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 work on the house, work on the yard, work, work on the garage, work on the car, work, 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 work. Add a room, paint a room, repair something. Hallelujah. And then some some people are work more than is very healthy for their family because we live in a culture of materialism and it's we need more, we gotta have more, gotta have more and we see all the ads and we want more and we want better and we wanna, you know and we want a new of this and a new of that and we want a front-loading machine and we want a, you know, you know what I'm saying better of everything, better of everything and more of everything and so sometimes that causes fathers to be really absentee because uh they work too much and uh we can get hung up in that and once we become addicted to it and we have a house payment then it then we don't even have a choice anymore you see what i mean if we have too big a house payment or too many car payments or whatever another thing that could cause a father to be absentee could be something like military and you know sometimes uh military in the sense of uh uh, and we th- that's necessary but it's also necessary that we overcome the problems that are caused by fathers who serve in the military or uh, anything like that where they're, they're absentee from the house If and you know sometimes also in a child's life there are critical times, there are transition times in a child's life that are so important for the father to be there Somet- it's, I think it's important from birth you know, own, but but obviously there are times when maybe the mother is more able to, to uh, get that done on her own. But a lot of times another thing that happens is when the dad's gone, like for a military stint of duty or something, the mother is so, it's so hard for her to deal with that. She's just trying to function herself. She's just trying to keep her own brain from going somewhere wacko that she's absent, too, really, emotionally. And I know that from personal experience because I had an uncle that was uh, full-time military. I mean, like, he retired from military. He did two stints in Vietnam. He did a stint in Germany. He did a stint in the Dominican Republic. And for my aunt to function during two stints of Vietnam was major tough and uh, she had issues dealing with it emotionally and I'm sad to say our family this is my uncle my dad's only brother we were not very supportive we were more critical than we were supportive and I was a little girl so it wasn't me I'm just saying we but uh, you know I had my grandfather as sweet as he was he was he was a manipulator and a controller not in a bad way he was a He's one of those passive Jezebels. He looks real good on the as a, outside, but, on the in, but he's always manipulates and tries to control the family to get what he wanted. But he was sweet on the outside, and, you know, and, uh, but, but he, so he, and this was the daughter-in-law, he couldn't, she just wouldn't have it. She just wouldn't let him, and so it was always causing a breach. And so because of that, even though they lived 15 miles apart while he was in Vietnam, they weren't able to be supportive because they wanted her to do it their way and she wanted to do it her way, which she had a right to that. So, um, hallelujah. So anyway, military. Prison is another thing that can cause a father to be absentee and I'm sure I didn't get them all. And another thing, now this is where we can get down to where some things that we might have dealt with or we might even deal with is sometimes a father is there, but the child ends up with an orphan spirit because the father does not relate to the son or the mother does not relate to the daughter. That's what would be most often, you know. And so let me give you an example of that. Okay, you have this big old burly football father and a lot of times it happens that for whatever reason... He has a son who is totally not football. Has some little skinny son, frail little bones, who would rather play the piano and paint pictures with art, do artwork. And so the father just like, he doesn't know how to relate. He doesn't know how to play with this kid. He doesn't know how to, you know, maybe he has one that's more masculine and more, and I'm not saying the other one's feminine. I'm just saying they're not football oriented they're not mm, let's hit something let's rough let's r- be rough and tumble and roll in the floor and and uh, hurt each other and you know and so he may have one that's that way and so he doesn't have a clue how to play with this other kid because he just doesn't relate and then sometimes we have distance calls between parent and child if a mother has if a mother's just kind of normal looking maybe she has a beautiful beautiful daughter that can either cause to be a great source of pride or it can cause jealousy and all sorts of things so sometimes mothers and daughters don't relate and a lot of times mothers and daughters don't relate once they get to the teenage years would y'all agree with that and so then uh so we also and then sometimes uh we have a situation in a family where where you may have the parent may have a preference for one child even if it's not anything to do with uh like uh the the thing we just talked about where one's real sports oriented but it's uh has to do with uh, just you know sometimes it's easy to prefer one child sometimes one child is just easier to relate to more obedient uh and you're just like "Mm." you know what I'm saying I know we had that in our family too we had a uh my my uncle had three children he had two boys and a girl and the oldest little, oldest boy was so cute. He was, he was like the epitome of cute. He was so cute. He was sweet. He was just, everybody loved him. My mother said she could have just adopted him herself. She was just like, everybody loved this, loved Eddie. And Jimmy was the most ornery. I mean, he was the description of honor He would walk up and kick you on the shins with his boots. And literally, nobody in our family liked Jimmy except Granny Hixie, who had the love of God shed abroad in her heart. And she loved Jimmy, and nobody else did. Grand Grand didn't have a thing for Jimmy, I can tell you. But he had everything for Eddie. So he had this preference for this child. Well, sad to say, Eddie ended up on I think he's been married seven times or something he ended up on the junk heap I think he got I don't know he may have got a he I think he probably just got dismissed from the military I don't think he got a dishonorable discharge but I don't think he got any awards it was just like get him out you know or something and um, and his although his dad was 20-year military which caused a lot more rejection and stuff and so But anyway, Jimmy, uh, the only thing wrong with him is he graduated from Texas, and he's a huge Longhorn fan. But he turned out to be the nicest. Everybody, I mean, nobody would say this is not the finest man. I mean, he is a fine man. He's been prosperous. He's been successful. He, you know. Like I said, the only thing wrong with him is he's such a Longhorn fan and in complete denial. I mean, when when Alabama whipped them, he said they really did win. And he meant it because if Cole McCoy had not got hurt, I'm like, this man is delusional. (laughs) He actually got a... Longhorn, a real Longhorn Given to him for his 50th birthday Because he has a little ranch Between the woodlands where he lives And Austin where he does not miss a game And so he has this little ranch And for his 50th birthday His wife and his friends gave him a real Longhorn He's committed So anyway, but we had this Preference thing going on in our family Is my point Okay, and then here's the one I think that really could affect A lot of us here Because obviously here we're loving parents. Now, we've all missed it, and you may have some of these other things where you missed it somewhere. But we're loving parents. We love our kids. But I think this happens a bunch right here. That sometimes a child can have an orphan spirit because the parents don't have a clue what the child's love language is. And so even though they're loving, 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 it's just like the child's not hooked up to it. His radio signals aren't picking it up because they don't have a clue what his love language is or her love language. And so the child just does not feel that unconditional love from the parents. And so uh, one good thing we'd do would be to study the love languages, and you can buy a book on the five love languages. You can even buy one that's specifically about children on the five love languages. But the five love languages, we could talk about them, we'll just go over them, are uh, touch, uh, acts of service, gifts, uh, words of affirmation, and help me quality time. I should have been, I remember that one. That's my love language. My I think that though I per, personally from my own experience I believe that sometimes we can be like 75% one love language and maybe have a little bit of another love language so we have to find out what our child's love language is and by the way this happens is in marriages all the time where the husband is just he's just missing it he doesn't have a clue how to show his wife that he and she doesn't really feel loved because he 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 may do a he may be he may be doing acts of service all day, every day. Man, he just cleans the house. He just does the laundry. He's just doing all these things. And she may really appreciate it. And she may be think, man, that is really good, but still not really feel loved. Because maybe she just would like for him to come sit on the front porch in the swing with her and let's have some quality time. Or maybe, and men don't like to buy gifts. What is it? But if your love, if your wife's love language is gifts, but men just find it so extremely hard to buy gifts. And, uh, and I truly believe that one of the reasons my parents had as much of a dysfunctional marriage as they had was very simply because my dad didn't have a clue what my mother's love language was. And he, he totally, my mother's love language was acts of service. And it still is. She would have all of us in this room doing stuff for her twenty four hours a day, seven days a week if she could get it done if she could figure out a way I'm telling you she could and and it's bottomless it's like it is totally bottomless, I, and that brings me to another. Th- thing there's another book and I don't know if it's by the same author but it talks about that every person has a love tank and it maybe it's in the same book that every person that we have a love tank inside of us and if our love tank is empty we're gonna act funny we're gonna act weird so when your wife starts acting weird or your husband starts acting weird a lot of time his love tank's not is just not full okay so we need his wives to find out what our husband's love language is and I'm telling you, uh, now every man, if you ask him, will say, my love language is touch. And I just, that is not true. Because every man likes sex, and let's just get it out there, that's just a known fact. And uh, so it's like, oh yeah, my love language is touch. But you need to get past that and think a little deeper and think about, now, you know, like... um, if your love language is touch then you're going to always be hugging everybody and you're always going to want everybody oh come on give me a hug you know you're going to be it's going to be touch more than just your wife and so you know but discerning your love language is very important and it's very important for our children and some of us said, you know we would never even heard of this when our children were growing up and and you know i don't know if we missed it or hit it or not uh, one of them, I still hadn't figured out what their love language is, to tell you the truth. I'm, and I've been seeking this, and it's like, <laughs> I don't know what your love language is, but um, uh, hallelujah. <laughs> and you may have that same situation. So this is some things that we need to think about, because what we want and what we want to happen in, as we study this, in probably this weekend, the next time we have this next week. We'll be fire starters, and then the next week maybe we'll do this again. But as we want to get healed from any orphan spirit that we have, because obviously if we have an orphan spirit, we have issues on the inside. We're not even going to be very good parents. or not be as good as we could be. We may not be a hundred percent. And then also. It can affect us in our marriages if we have an orphan spirit and, and so forth. So, praise God. We're, now we'll go to back to the beginning and we'll lay a foundation. So, let's go back and talk about uh, the, family, the family. God wanted a family. God did not want an organization called the church. He did not want an institution. He did call it the church, but he wanted us to be family. And we know that because of Ephesians chapter 3. So if you would go to Ephesians chapter 3. God wanted a family. God loves the family. He loves your family. He loves this church family. He wants us to be a family. By the way, uh, let me see. Denomination. You know what the word denomination means? It means divided nation. The Bible says we're a holy nation. And denomination means a divided nation. And obviously denomination exists because of the fall of man. I mean, there's just no way. Not that we would all meet in the same building. It doesn't mean that we would all be one big church in Tuscaloosa and there'd be 50,000 people in it. You know, no, that's not. I mean, I guess it could because there's churches that big. But I kind of tend to agree. Steve Sampson said he believes that when a church gets to be 200, it ought to divide and start another church. Because really, it's hard to function as a family after 200. It's very difficult. And we end up beginning... And it's our soul... This is what he pointed out. He didn't actually say family. But he said it's really hard for a church to go deep spiritually, to grow and mature spiritually, the people in the church, when the church is too big. And so... Uh, and because... So as churches... So not necessarily was it God's will for us to have uh, mega churches. They also They usually tend to be pretty um, um, what would you call it they're distanced from each other they tend to be shallow that's not a I didn't, I didn't. wanted a nicer word I was looking for the nice word for that they don't tend to go deep into the things of God they tend to stay on the surface of things you know just kind of surface relationships surface uh, you don't know anybody um, in the church hallelujah and uh, it's a good way he said, what did he say? It's a good place to be anonymous is most churches, and you know obviously God wants us to so people with orphan spirits won't want to go to churches like that because they don't want to have to deal with anything anybody that so you know it, it there's it's a hiding place, and uh praise God, so don't run off trying to say I'd like to hide sometimes because you know if you don't want to answer to anybody. Because, boy, here we know if you miss one Sunday. You know, in fact, we came home and talked to Eric and Anita, and we say, okay, was so-and-so there? Was so-and-so there? Was so-and-so there? Were they there? Were they there? And we know all about who wasn't here Sunday. So, hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And not that we're, you know, not that we expect 100% never absent, but you know a couple of times a year (laughs) no i'm just kidding (laughs) just kidding (laughs) just joking just joking hallelujah so god wanted ephesians 3 let's look at this god wanted a family 314 for this cause i bow my knees unto the father of our lord jesus christ of whom the whole family say whole family in heaven and earth is named there's a big glorious family that our family, not—I'm not just talking about the ghosts that are biological. That's going to matter a lot less than you think when you get to heaven. Oh, I just want to go to heaven and see my loved ones. Well, some of them aren't going to be there, and you don't even know it. You—I mean, you won't even know it. You'll never even know it. You'll like—you won't ever—you won't think. Now, where is Uncle Joe? You just—it'll never cross your mind, because that would be torment if you—and there's not going to be any torment in heaven. And there's going to be some people that aren't there. That looked like good church going people. But they didn't know him. Hallelujah. And so it's, but it's one big glorious family up there. The whole family in heaven. The whole family in earth. And so we have a big earthly family too. And so it's important that we do not throw people out that don't agree with us. Because family, spiritual family is not based on agreement it's not even necessary for us to agree and the fact it's impossible because of your dna and my dna and my culture and your culture and i'm from texas and you're from alabama or you might be from minnesota and i know i can't agree with you if you're from minnesota i might could get an agreement with an alabamian but i can't get an agreement with somebody from minnesota it just won't work hallelujah hallelujah and so it's just never going to happen but so the place of a the place the what 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 causes us to be family is relationship. And we need to put a higher a higher regard for relationship. And this will help you in your own family in, in your extended family. Now, some people can't get along but that's not what well, you know so what if she doesn't agree? What so what if they don't even treat you right? So what if they don't, you know, oh well I don't feel loved or I do feel loved or they're too bossy you know um, my uh, goodness you just got to tune it out sometime but say but we have a relationship but this is my daddy or this is my mother and that doesn't mean you don't speak up we're not Ahabs we don't say it doesn't mean we don't say mother leave me alone but we don't have to disengage now she might disengage if you tell her that but you know, sometimes you just have to say, you know, I know I, early on in my marriage, I had to tell my mother, I had to say, don't make me choose because you'll lose. If you try to make me choose between you and Michael, you'll lose. And I had to say it just like that. I've had to say things to other members of our family. I, You know, and you know, once you say it a couple of times, nobody crosses you after that. I had to stand up and defend my church in West Texas to my daddy. And I was hollering at him. And you just, you know, I was hollering loud at him. So much so I had to go home and go to bed afterwards. I was just wrung out because you just don't yell at your daddy. And Besides, one time in high school he grounded me forever. Because <laughs> I said something, you know, that was disrespectful to him. I guess I thought he was still going to ground me. And so... <laughs> But anyway, uh, do you know what? They don't cross me anymore. They just don't cross me. They, they just know. Don't go there where the church is concerned. We may not agree. They're Baptist. I don't agree with what all the... I'm a Baptist, but I don't agree with all the Baptists do. I don't agree. I, what I, one of the main thing I don't agree, don't agree with is they don't grow. Uh, we go back and they're still the same. We've been gone seventeen years. Nothing's changed. Not one thing. I don't. I don't agree with that. And so, um, uh, uh, but um, uh, it's all based on relationship. You'll never have good friendships because everybody's going to disappoint you and let you down where friendship is concerned. You know, we got the, some of our friends are just crazy. They don't think like we do. So we think they're crazy. They probably think we are. But we said, you know, relationship is everything. So we've had to get past stuff over and over and over. Get past stuff. Some people are moody. You know, and there's some relationships that really bring up, if, if they're causing you distress, emotional distress, you've got to get out of them but there's some that are just their problem and you got to stay in there just because of relationship and because of family. I don't believe people are supposed to leave churches like they do, come and go, revolving door. Well, we, you know, we know people in this town that they go to Englewood for a while, and then they go to the assembly for a while, and then they they go over here to Daystar for a while, and then you just and you know, there's one lady she's come to our church three different times. She's been to Pastor Avery's church three times. She's been to First Baptist two or three times. She's been to First Wesleyan two or three. That is not God. We need a you need to get in a family, find your tr- spiritual family, find your spiritual pastor. But obviously, this woman has an orphan spirit. She needs healing. So, but that's not God's will for her life. Amen. So, um uh, the family is intended to provide a sense of identity and security. Now, that's talking about spiritual family, but also You could say that about your your, your natural family. Providing identity, providing security for your children. Hallelujah. The family was intended by God to be a thing of beauty, power, glory, and legacy. It is so wonderful. I mean, I just, I nearly, I just get jealous thinking about this. That Bill Johnson is a fifth generation Pentecostal preacher. What a legacy. What a leg up in the things of the spirit. I mean, you know, and some of us, we started down underground spiritually and have had to just work our way to the top because our parents gave us no spiritual legacy. Thankfully, I have some spiritual legacy, a little bit but not what I need to. And a lot of people have spiritual legacy and then don't take advantage of it. Can you imagine the spiritual legacy of Kenneth E. Hagin's grandkids? But a lot of times, even sons and daughters of big preachers, who you know, let little things keep them from using that spiritual legacy. It is not only a leg up. I mean, Craig Hagin, the grandson of Kenneth E. Hagin, you talk about a leg up. There's about... Probably a thousand churches in America where he could just call them on the phone and say, Can I come preach? and the door would just swing wide open just because he's got that last name. I'm not saying he hadn't taken advantage of it, I'm just saying, What a legacy! What a legacy uh, for the Copeland children, and you know, and uh, don't tell me Joel Osteen's a self made man. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, he, he probably didn't do anything to be who where he's at. It's it, daddy and mama. Oh, my word. Hallelujah. What a legacy. What a ma- magnificent thing family can be when it's spiritual. And, you know, we're passing down some things. Because the Bible says that we're blessed to a thousand generations of the righteous. I think a lot of the things we enjoy today is because several generations ago even, you know, maybe not generations you remember, but maybe even further back than you remember, people prayed. People prayed. And, you know, because the Bible says that that Abraham, uh, no, let's see, what who was it? Levi was in the loins of Abraham. Do I have that right in Hebrews? It says, Levi, of uh, you know, the one of the sons of Jacob, was in the loins of Abraham when he tied to Melchizedek. So that means that the seed that's inside of us, even though it may not come for it you know, this takes several generations to get here that that seed is affected when we do spiritual things i mean literally the dna i believe of that seed is affected by the prayers we pray and the worshiping we do so uh um, hallelujah start early and stay in the stay in the stay in there stay in there stay in there um family is the most important relational structure, important relational structure. Broken families and broken parents have always existed. We know that. We know that. Um, In Western culture, even good homes can lack parental love. We talked about that a little bit already and we know that the enemy has been at work and for the last 200 years they say for about 200 years there's been a breakdown it's been slow of the family and we know it's just rampant in America today where the family is just broke down just nearly you can't hardly find a family in America that hadn't been touched by divorce and uh uh you know and then we have a uh, we just have a lot of fatherlessness we have a lot of uh, dysfunctional people in America and uh, so there's been a breakdown of family and the devil is just constantly out there attacking trying to get the family The, the Satan himself trying to undermine the whole culture of family and then demon spirits demons hate they they absolutely hate The Christians They hate you as Christians They hate family They hate the family And they I believe the demons throw the fiery darts And the Bible says We've been given the shield of faith That we might quench the fiery darts And we need to keep that lifted up all the time But there's fiery darts being thrown against your family All the time I mean I mean there's been times When me and Pastor have gotten a fuss And we're like and we could have been hugging and kissing thirty minutes before, and all of a sudden we're kind of fussing, and we're like, and we don't even know what it's about, and we don't it's not even anything important and It's like, man, there is something here, you know um so um churches don't any longer know how to be families. I believe that you know many long years ago. Churches were families. They helped each other. We've become really impersonal in the church. But churches used to help each other. We, they used to gather together a lot more than they do. They used to gather in the homes together a lot more than they do now. We're, we're just, I believe one of the tactics the devil uses is to get us just so busy. We're just running, you know, one of the tactics the devil used was to get every mama working. The family, I'm going to tell you, let's just say it from the pulpit right here, the family functions better when we have a stay-at-home mom. But we've become so materialistic in our society that we have to have more, live in better, drive better, look better, dress better, have better, go on big vacations, and so it put the mamas to work. And sometimes there's a necessity, and we know single moms have to work, but when the mama stays home, uh, guess what? Then the evenings are free because unless she sits around watch soap operas and eats bonbons. But then we have another another whole level of problems. But uh, other than that, there's you know the laundry's done, the the shopping's done, the house is clean. The you know, and I know that not every mom wants to be that kind of mom, but uh, she may they might want to work because they have a you know. I'm not trying to oh I don't want to get into women's lib stuff, but It's still going to be something you have to believe for and work towards. You're going to be busier, and you're going to have more time in the evenings to be family, to relate to one another if the mom is a stay-at-home mom. I mean, it just just do the math of how many hours there is in the day, but most of you have to come home from work, and you have to do laundry, you have to do ironing, you have to clean house, you have to buy groceries, you have to cook, and you're just busy from the time you get home. And then, so then we have little children that, even though my mom and dad, they're both right there, it's like, we're busy, we're busy, we're busy. We don't have time. We just do not have time to be, uh, to have good quality time with our children and quantities of it we may have some quality but we need also quantity and i was a uh orphan i was an orphan myself because my mom always worked and it was out of financial necessity not because she really wanted to but necessity and i was an orphan and i was an only child so i was totally orphaned and uh you know I was just by myself all the time. And then I was raised in the generation where parents didn't think a thing about after work, coming home, eating supper, and then going over to somebody's house to play bridge. And just take, and they, my parents never thought, well, Debbie might, we ought to do something with Debbie. That never crossed their mind. I spent my life waiting for them to quit playing bridge or play, playing cards or quit playing golf. A set in the clubhouse. Of the golf course hour after hour it never but you know i just kept a book in my nose in a book and so everybody thought that's fine but you know it does change things in a child and it does things but now i think parents are they kind of now we we go to work and we uh come home we throw them something a happy meal and we take them to the baseball field This thing, the play, this gymnastics, this thing. And we just, man, there is no family time. The family time is when you hand them their Happy Meal. And then you come home, let's take a bath, let's wash your hair. Time for bed. Get up in the morning, repeat that scenario. And so because of that, it's caused the church, it's like we don't have time to be a church family because we don't even have time to be a a, a natural family. And it's like, you know, It's harder. And that's our Western culture today. Uh, We need to build the the concept of family and the culture of family back into our church here at River Church. And that's going to take some effort on our part, the pastor's, but also some effort uh, on the congregation's part. It's going to take some effort to say, I need to go to that fellowship because I'm a family. I'm a part of this family. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. I need to make an effort, I need to produce an effort Uh, In order to, the reason we need to be a family is, I came up with four reasons To be a family as a church is to sustain revival Now I didn't come up with that on my own, I kind of got that from the course we're taking they were giving us a culture, a family, because they want to sustain revival. And the best way to sustain revival is to be a family. Number two, to connect broken people to the fatherhood of God. There's a lot of people out there. They need to know God as Father. And then there's uh, then also to bring healing to orphaned spirits, whether it be people in the church but or taking people that do not know God and uh introducing them to god as father and then number four to pass on our faith to the next generation it's so important that we pass this on and sadly the church doesn't do a very good job of that of passing to the to the next generation um they say now, it used to be in the teenage years, that if you didn't get saved, I believe by 18, that's what it used to be. Now they say it's nine, that if you don't get saved by nine years old, that the likelihood of the, a child getting saved goes way down. Uh, I think one of the problems with uh, that is sometimes youth groups that are really focused on play versus spirituality. You know, that is a one factor Um Lots of playing, lots of uh, people relating to God on a surface level. Not really knowing God intimately. Not really understanding uh, the things of God, the things of the Spirit. I I know sometimes it shows up. um, I I don't want to say that, so I'm going to go another way. Okay, so the culture of heaven. Is affirmation and love, and God values family and Satan hates it. Jesus came to reveal the fatherhood of God. We know that because in matthew three seventeen, if you want to turn there or you can write it down, this is just one scripture that shows us that. And up until this point, uh, people, the people of the Jewish people, they really didn't have a revelation of God as Father. In fact, I think there's only one time in the Old Testament where it refers to God as Father. He was uh, God creator. You know, Elohim. You know, he was provider. He was a lot of things, but they did not have a revelation as God as Father. There's a good reason for that is because... Um, Because of the fall of man uh, Fallen man God is not their father The Bible says in 1 Corinthians That Satan is their father A sinner God is not the father of sinners But he is the creator He is their creator God But he becomes our father When we're born again We come into a family We come into the family of God That is awesome we become brothers, we're brothers or sisters with Jesus. He's, we're joint heirs with Jesus. Hallelujah. He's our elder brother. And God becomes our father. And so Matthew 3.17 says, you know this well. And a voice from heaven saying, this is at Jesus' baptism, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So God begins right here to reveal himself as Father. And Jesus uh, came to do that. And when he told them to pray, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So, hallelujah. Amen. So God didn't say, uh, this is my worker, this is my governor, this is the king even. Even though now he is King Jesus. Hallelujah. But God did not reveal him as king, he revealed him as son. And Jesus always saw himself and referred to himself as the son of God. Sometimes he said the son of man to uh, show that he had left his divinity behind and became just a man like we were. But he even though he was still God, and he, uh, but he referred to himself as the son of God, he always revealed himself as a son. and that's important that we become sons. And in the church, because of all this breakdown of family and spiritual family, we for, we, we don't know how to be sons anymore. In the church, we don't know how to be sons. We don't a lot of times people don't know how to make uh, their pastor. Not just a preacher, but a spiritual father to them. Uh, and they don't know, they don't recognize spiritual their spiritual fathers. So we'll get into more of that next week. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Glory. Hallelujah. I just praise the Lord. Is there anybody here tonight we'd like to pray? I would like to pray. If you came from a family with divorce, there was divorce, your parents were divorced. I want you to come up here tonight. Is there anybody here that came from a family with divorce? Go ahead and come up here at the front. Pastor and I are going, huh? No, let's leave him in children's church and you and your mom can handle that. Praise God Now is there anybody That says well man I wasn't In a divorce family but my family was so Dysfunctional it might as well have been That's my family right there Well actually they did get divorced But I was grown but There was a dysfunction That was Pretty significant in my family Anybody else have that Hallelujah You know Thank you Jesus Well, we're going to pray for you, and we're not saying that God's going to do everything in you that needs to be done tonight. It might be a process. We may pray for you again in two weeks, uh, the same prayer. But I believe God's going to begin something in you that's going to heal some things. Uh, Hallelujah. That's caused from that. Praise God. So, Pastor, thank you, Lord.